Welcome to the home of the blessed people. And here is our host pastor, Pastor Dio Adeomo. Now for some time now, today we are going to continue our study on the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Now for some time now, we have been sharing, we have been digging deep, especially towards the end of last year to the beginning of this year. We have been talking about the gifts of the Holy Ghost. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from verses 7 to 11, helps us to know these gifts. And it says, first of all, in verse 7, that these gifts has been given to every man to profit without. Everyone, everyone in the body of Christ is being called to manifest these gifts, to operate these gifts in their lives. And we are being cautioned from time to time that these gifts, the manifestation of these gifts is as the spirit wills. It's not for anybody to be a custodian, not just to be a custodian, to be an authoritarian on it. Uh, it's as the spirit of God wills. And uh, we, we've categorized these gifts. Uh, there are three categories known from being a, uh, for, uh, being a Bible scholar. Uh, three categories of this. Number one, we call them the revelatory gifts. Uh, the gifts that have to do with revelations. That is, it's revealed. It has to do with the revealing ability of God. And uh, we said word of wisdom word of knowledge and discernment of spirit. We have studied if, uh, uh, extensively those three gifts. Now we are in the second category, which are the power gifts, the power gifts. And the power gifts is the gift of faith, the gift of healings, and the gift of working of miracles. Now we've dealt with the gift of faith. Now we are dealing with the gift of working of miracles and last week we started that and uh, the first thing we want to say uh, about the gift of working of miracles uh, we say let us first define what a miracle is a miracle again like we defined last week can be defined as a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature the supernatural intervention of God. It has to be supernatural. It has to be an intervention by God. And that is the gift of walking of miracles. Praise God. That's what miracle is. Miracle itself, we have to understand, is defined as the supernatural intervention. Now, we had a lot to say about the gift of walking of miracles last week. I won't go over them. I'd like to continue them today in the preview of time we have. We looked at it in the Old Testament, and that's where we stopped last week. We looked at the gift of the Spirit in the Old Testament. And today we want to continue to look at the workings of miracles in the New Testament. Because when we look at this working of miracles, we'll be able to identify them, we'll be able to study them, we'll be able to know the principles by which it operates, and we'll be able to position ourselves to be used of God when it comes to the manifestation of the Spirit in this area of the gift of working of miracles. First of all, we can look at it, we can look at its operation uh, or understand its operation when we see the examples in the Scriptures. We have looked at it in the Old Testament last week. I don't want to go over that. But let's look at the gift of working of miracles in the New Testament today. Let us look at Jesus in feeding the 5,000. We see the working of miracles in the New Testament when Jesus 
took the little boy's lunch and fed 5,000 people with it. Remember a miracle is the supernatural intervention of God in the natural course of life. For example, a little boy's meal can only feed a little boy. How can a little boy's meal feed 5,000 people? That is the working of miracles. It's an intervention. In the natural capacity, a little boy's meal cannot even feed an adult. Just one adult. But now, it's supernatural. Why? Because there's an intervention in the natural occurrence of life. In the normal course of nature. Course of nature, a little boy's meal will feed a little boy, not an adult. Now you are talking of 5,000 men. We have not counted children. We have not counted uh, females. So that is a miracle. Let us quickly look at the account in John chapter 6. John chapter 6 from verse 5 to 14. John chapter 6 from verse 5 to 14. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come to him, he said unto Philip, Whence can we buy bread that this may eat? And this is said to prove him. For he himself knew what to do. He knew what to do. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. For every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, and Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here which had five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass. You know, the Bible says he himself knew what to do. There was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in the number, about 5,000, and Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed it to the disciples and the disciples to them. And down. And likewise, the fishes, as much as they would, they, would, they were filled. He said, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments and remain that nothing be lost. Can you imagine? Even after that, they gathered. Therefore, they gathered them. Let's go on. They gathered them together and filled the 12 baskets with fragments of five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had the miracle Jesus did, said, this is a truth, that, that, this, that prophet that should come unto the world, this of a truth is that prophet that should come to the world. My, my, my. Sometimes people are old or people are odd in trying to explain the Bible. An intellectual once said, an intellectual once said this. He wanted to explain away the, this miracle and said, the loaves in those days were bigger than the, the loaves you see now. I said, no matter how big the loaf is, the Bible already says it's a little boy's lunch. No matter how big the loaf is, how can it feed 5,000 people? 
But the scripture says clearly in John chapter 6 verse 9 that it was a little boy's lunch. It was a little boy's lunch. There is a lad here which had five barely loaves and two small fishes. But they were, what is this among so many? You see? It's clear. It is difficult to imagine that a little boy's lunch could have carried enough bread to feed 5,000 people. Praise God. He can't even feed a big boy. Definitely, it was the working of miracle that fed the 5,000. Just a little boy's lunch. The disciples even gathered up to 12 remaining baskets after they were finished eating. That's in John chapter 6, verse 13. We read that just now. So that is a miracle. It's an intervention in the natural occurrence of life. A little boy's lunch can never feed 5,000. How did a little boy's lunch feed 5,000? That's supernatural intervention. That's the working of miracle. May God do miracles for you. What is not enough, may God multiply it in your hands. That is a miracle. May the Lord work miracles for you. May he work miracles in you. May he work miracles through you. If you believe that, say good amen. Let's see this in action again. Ananias and Safina. That's another one in the working of miracles. This time is for divine judgment. Working of miracles can take place in for divine judgment. This I have participated in before. This I have experienced myself. I've been in places that divine judgment comes to pass via the vehicle of working of miracles. The working of miracles was used to carry out divine judgment in the case of Ananias and Safina. I'm sure you have heard this story several times in Acts chapter 5 from verses 1 to 10. It tells us this story, this wonderful story. That was the days, if you remember, in Acts chapter 1, that was when, in Acts chapter 2, that was when they, in Acts chapter 1, that's when they activated the promise of the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 2, the promise of the Holy Ghost was manifested. In Acts chapter 3, that was when Paul and Silas, I mean, that was when Peter, and John were going by the beautiful gate, went into the temple, and they did a miracle. And a crippled man from his mother's womb was raised, and he started walking. In Acts chapter 4, they were persecuted. In Acts chapter 4, that was when they prayed, and the whole place was shaken. And in Acts chapter 1, 31, chapter 4, verses 31 and 33, that's when God started doing great grace was amongst them. Great power and great grace busted. When it came to Acts chapter 5, you remember in Acts chapter 4, they were even questioning. They said, these people have done notable miracle, Acts 4, 16. And they said they have done notable miracle and we cannot deny it the power of God was all over the gift of working of miracles was working it was fearful after this what happened Acts chapter 5 that's when we go to uh, uh, Ananias Ananias and Safina and because this is an example of divine intervention into an ordinary course of nature that's why it's a working of miracle. Divine intervention in ordinary course of nature. I want you to say that wherever you are at home, you can type it also on the chart. 
It's what? It because it's a divine intervention into the ordinary course of nature. That's why it's working of miracle. When the time you see divine intervention coming in, in the ordinary course of nature, that is what? Working of miracle. The disciples were given all they had. It was, it was not an experience anybody had experienced before. It was, in today's terms, if you look at it, it will look as if they were insane or they were drunk. They were selling all they had and putting it at the apostles' feet just to further the kingdom, just to prosper the kingdom. I hope everybody up there is listening. Praise God. The disciples were given all they had. God did not ask them to do it. But evidently, they were prompted by the Holy Ghost to do it. They were prompted by the Spirit to do this. It proved them that they were wise. It was a wise move. Why? Because within a few years, Jerusalem was toppled. Now, history tells us that Jerusalem was, was toppled. Now, if Jerusalem was overthrown in a few years after, that means they would have lost everything anyway if they didn't give it. What they thought was theirs would no longer be theirs just a few years later. So it was the prompting of the Holy Ghost. They gave it and they gave it right. Because a few years later, they wouldn't have owned it anymore because Jerusalem was toppled, was overthrown. Praise the Lord. So that's the Holy Ghost in our work again. They would have lost everything they owned anyway, but they gave it. Ananias and Sapphinas had sold their land, but kept a part of the money they received. It would have been perfectly all right to have said to the disciples, this is half of the money. This is just a portion of the money. They would have done it right. God wasn't requiring them to give all. There was no account. Praise the Lord. The disciples did not even request them to give all. There is nothing in the scriptures that have evidence or infers that they were commanded to give their all. No. It would have been fine if they had been honest and said, here is half of the money. We are going to keep the other half. Or here is a portion of the money. We are keeping some portion for ourselves. But Ananias came in and laid his money at the feet of the apostles, seemingly making the same consecration, the same consecration and dedication that others had made. He was being false at his presentation. But he did not know that that presentation is a presentation to the Holy Ghost. You cannot present yourself falsely before the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Peter asked, and this would have been his way of escape. Peter asked, is that the price of the land? He answered, yes, it's the total price. And Ananias answered, in effect, but he was telling a lie because he had kept back part of it. Peter knew through the operation of the gift of the word of knowledge that Ananias was keeping back some of the money. He said, why had Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? That's in Acts chapter 5 verse 3. Why had Satan filled his heart? Because that operation was not the operation of the Holy Ghost. 
Laying that money down at the feet of the apostle was not an operation of the Holy Ghost. It was the operation of Satan. Simply because he was presenting, he was bringing forth falsehood before the Holy Ghost. Ananias fell down as a result of divine judgment that came through the working of miracles in operation. You see, that's an intervention of a natural cause. Naturally, he should have just told that lie and go. But no, there was divine judgment. Wow. <laughs> wow, what a day. You can see why sometimes God is tuning down his power. Because there will be too many casualties. Many Christians would have done the same thing today. But you can see why God is tuning down the power. When you are asking next time, why is there no more power? It's because of this. It's because of things like this. Praise God. But that's no excuse. We are still going to get to that later. Because it's for us in our day. And we should not allow all this superfluity of nothingness to, to make us not enjoy the power of God the way we ought to. You can see, I can go into a lot of details about this. Immediately he died, they didn't even stop the service. The service was still going on. Brethren did not dismiss themselves to go and even give him an honorary burial. No. He went. The Bible says three hours later, the wife also came. And what happened? Divine judgment again. Later, divine judgment came to Safina. And she too fell down. And the working of miracles again. The people who carried the husband out to go and bury, their feet were just coming in. Divine judgment again. Praise God. Everybody say, God have mercy. Yeah, the mercy of God will prevail in Jesus' name. Another case of divine judgment was Paul and Alimas. The working of miracles is also used to confirm the preached word. When Paul was preaching in Cyprus, Alimas, the sorcerer, withstood him. And Alimas was, 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 was struck blind for a season through the power of God in the operation of the gift of working of miracles. That was supernatural. That was supernatural. So that's divine intervention. Everybody say divine intervention. Oh, let me hear you again. Divine intervention. Praise God. So the working of miracles is used to confirm the preached word. When the word of God is preached, to confirm the preached word, working of miracles goes into operation. Working of miracles is used for divine judgment. Everybody say divine judgment. Divine judgment. That's what you see in the case of uh, Saf uh, Ananias and Safina. That's what you see there. Divine judgment. The next one. What did I say? The impolar elements. What is that? Confirmation of what? The preached word. When the word of God is preached, it should be confirmed with the working of miracles. Be bold. You see, that gift is ready to operate when the word is preached. The working of miracles is around when the word is preached. Are you listening to me? So I'm showing you this principle so you will know how to trigger, how to trigger the move of the Holy Ghost. He's already there. He's already there. But he might will not to perform a miracle that day. Don't force yourself. But anytime the word is preached, 
You see, in as much as you can put your hand in your pocket and bring out working of miracles, you can also know how the principles, what the, what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are looking for to trigger them into operation. I hope you are getting what I'm saying today. <laughs> Praise God. So, because through the word you can recognize these things. Like again, I want to quickly say it here. Concerning Ananias and Safina, that's divine judgment. There are cases of divine judgment, praise God, that will attract the working of miracle. I remember as a young person, uh, oh, because of our time, I remember when we went to disturb some witches and wizards somewhere. We had to invoke divine judgment. Okay, let's, let me stick to the, I promised myself I'm sticking to the notes today. Amen. Okay, so the gift of faith versus the gift of working of miracles. You know, they are both power gifts. I want to try and show you the line differential between these two gifts. That when the gift of faith is on, on operational, when is the gift of faith is in operation, and when the gift of working of miracles is in operation. Praise the Lord. I want to show you in the platform of to deliver from danger. These are, these are one of the, reason, the reasons these gifts are there. To deliver from danger. Praise God. This working of miracles is used to deliver people from unavoidable danger or harm. Unavoidable danger or harm. Gift of working of miracles. That's why plane crash cannot take you anywhere. Are you listening to me? Oh, I can't hear your amen today. That's why motor accidents can't take you anywhere. All right. The gift of faith would carry a person through the danger with great peace and calm without the persons being armed at all. But working of miracles is different. For example, when Paul was in the shipwreck, the storm did not cease until it blew itself out. It was in the midst of the storm. They were in the storm 14 days. Are you listening to me? But the working of miracles is different. That's in Acts 27, 1 to 44. You can read it at home. Paul didn't stand up and say, storm, you stop and be still. He didn't say that. That's gift of faith. Amen? Gift of walking of miracles. You will pass through it. Hello? You will pass through it. It won't harm you. You will be in the midst of the fairy furnace. They won't smell the smoke out of your body. That's the gift of walking of miracles. Are you getting what I'm saying? the supernatural intervention in the natural occurrence. You know that naturally, the fire should burn you. But because of the intervention, it won't burn you. Hello? It won't burn you. Praise God. It won't burn you. You know the water should drown you. But because of the intervention, it will not drown you. That is the difference. Because God has spoken to Paul before the journey began. He said, through a message from the angel, Paul had extraordinary faith to believe for divine 
protection. Paul passively received a miracle. This was the gift of faith in operation. And he received divine protection and the safety of everyone on board of his ship. Although the ship itself was greatly damaged. In another incident, Jesus stood on the ship. Storm. Can you see two people going through storms? Jesus was one going through storm. Paul was going through storm. Paul passed through the storm. He survived. Jesus did not allow the storm to come near him. He survived. Are you seeing the two now? They're different. Similar, but different. In another incident, like I was talking about Jesus, in Mark chapter 439, that's my reference. You can cross check. The Bible says the storm ceased. That was the working of miracles. And those on board were delivered from danger. The two people had people on board. Amen? In the case of Jesus, <coughs> praise God, he had working of miracles. But the natural, inter the, the natural occurrence is when storm comes. There should be boat capsizing or something like that. That's the natural occurrence. And what do we say working of miracles is? Supernatural intervention in what? In the natural occurrence. So exactly what happened was that Jesus, in the midst of the storm, calmed the storm down. That's a miracle. That's working of miracle in operation. Praise God. But on the other side, Paul had faith. Everybody say faith. There was supernatural faith that in the midst of the storms, he had enough faith to sustain him throughout the storm and he still came out headstrong. Praise God. So you can see that in the two, God is still God. Whether you have to pass through something or whether you have to tell something to stop, God still remains God. Hallelujah. Because in both instances, everybody on board was delivered. Glory be to God. As stated in our previous lessons, the difference between the gift of faith and the gift of working of miracle is that the gift of faith receives a miracle and the working of miracles works a miracle. The gift of faith receives a miracle. The working of miracles works a miracle. The working of miracle is used to display God's power. And magnificence. You see that when the miracle was worked, when Jesus commanded the storm to be seen, it's still a saying till today. We say, what manner of man is this? Even the seas obey him. That's the comment. That's the rhetoric for the disciples that were there who physically experienced it. Say, what manner of man is this? We haven't seen it like this before. That you will speak to a raging storm. A raging storm will come down. Praise God. The working of miracles is used to display God's power of magnificence. 
The word miracle here is the same word, the Greek word used as dunamis. It can be translated acts of power. Acts of powers. In other words, the working of miracles could also be called the working of acts of powers. The working of acts of powers. According to the Greek concordance, the Greek word also means explosions of mightiness. Explosions of mightiness. Impelling. Wonders. Astonishments. Praise God. Gifts of healings are more prevalent in the New Testament. We haven't gotten to gifts of healing, but let me begin to introduce it a little bit. Why am I doing this? Because you see the power gifts are interwoven. Gift of healings, gift of working of miracles, gift of faith, those are power gifts. They are very interwoven, and that is why I want to touch a little bit about gifts of healings. They are more prevalent in the New Testament than in the Old Testament. Although in the Old Testament people were healed and the gifts of healing were in operation, the gifts of healing were more in operation in the New Testament than in the Old. What you had in, more in the Old is working of miracles. But in the New Testament you had more of healings. Not that people were not healed in the Old Testament. They were healed. But it was more prevalent. On the other hand, working of miracle was the one that was prominent or commonly manifested in the Old Testament than in the New Testament. With the exception of the gift of working of miracles in Jesus' ministry. Working of miracles could be included with the early disciples because they too experienced the working of miracles. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5 verses 12. Verse 12. Let's do Acts 5.12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought amongst the people. Acts chapter 5 verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Praise God. Although the Bible does not specify what signs and wonders or miracles and works this were, it goes on to tell us about some healings which occurred through the ministry of the apostles. There, there were healings that took place too. Acts chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. Acts chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. Acts chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. In so much that they brought forth the sick onto the streets and they laid them on the beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing, passing by might overshadow some of them. And there came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed. Every one of them. Glory be to God. Oh, these scriptures excite me. And I'm telling you by the power of God's spirit, we are going to see these days and exceed these days in our time. In the name of Jesus. 
These healings were not actually the working of miracles in demonstration, but gifts of healings in operation. Any spectacular manifestation that has to do with healing is the gifts of healing in operation. Another example of gifts of working of miracles that is specifically mentioned in the New Testament is found in Acts chapter 8, verse 6, verses 5 and 6. Acts chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. Let's look at that, working of miracles. Are you being blessed tonight? I'm having a great time here. Praise God. Whew, I feel the anointing all over this altar. Glory be to God. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for confirming your word. Amen. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto the things, unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles he did. They heard and they saw. They heard and they saw the miracles which he did. The passage goes on to tell us about some of the miracles, the healings which took place. However, again, that would not be the same as the gift of working of miracles. We have said the gift of healing. Anytime we see the healing power in operation, we know that is the healing is the is the is the gift of healings. Praise God. In the sixth verse, could be talking about miraculous healing, or could be that it is talking about some other miracles which he wrought. In the verse 6, the Bible did not specify what miracles were brought except to say healing and seeing the miracles which he did. So it could be some miracles were wrought that were not healings. See what other passage of the New Testament in the working of miracles is also, where the working of miracles is also directly mentioned. Let's go to Acts 6, 8. Acts 6, 8. Walking of miracles. Woo, glory be to God. Acts chapter 6, verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and the power of God, did great wonders and miracles amongst the people. Did you see that again? Acts chapter 15, verse 12. Acts 15, verse 12. Acts chapter 15, verse 12. Then all the multitudes kept silent and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. Acts chapter 19, verse 11. I love this one. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. The word miracles in Acts 6, 8 and Acts 19, 11 is the same Greek word as dunamis, dynamic ability of God's power to produce results, meaning acts of power or acts of mighty, wonderful works. The word miracles in Acts 15, 12 in the Greek is semion, semion, S-E-M-E-I-O-N, which translates as a sign, a mark, or a token. And is used of miracles and wonders and signs and divine authority. Praise God. Miracles, signs, and divine authority. Miracles, signs, and divine authority. 
Glory be to God. I'm sure you have been blessed today. How many people have been blessed? How many people have been blessed? Praise God. And by next week, by the grace of God, we are going to continue uh, this teaching on the gifts of working of miracles. Last, next week is going to be the last grand finale. But why we are stopping early is to give room for questions. Because for some time, we have been going on and on about these teachings. I would like to receive questions from you today questions. Perhaps you have one question or the other. Go on the chat right now and throw in the questions. People at the backstage will be, uh, will be giving us the questions. Uh, Minister Gwenga, you please help me. Um, uh, you can just, uh, if you're on the chat line there also, you can uh, uh, please come and give uh, Minister Gwenga a microphone. He can just read it to us here. And um, then, if it's a question that is too hard, he himself will answer it himself. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. That's good. How are you doing? You are receiving the teaching. Yeah, bring the microphone. Yes, okay. I praise you. I praise you, yes, oh Lord, in my life, in my life, Lord, I see what you're doing. One more time, one more time, sweet Lord, I lift my hands in praise of your name. I lift my hands in praise of your name. very well you don't need 
I mean, you, you, you are not asking any question. Praise God. It shows that uh, you are understanding very well. You are drinking all that uh, is to be offered. I want to thank God for your lives. Well, maybe those of us in the studio have one or two questions. How, how, how do you know then when you are praying? Which, uh, okay, which... let's listen to this question. Yeah. So there's a difference between the, the working of miracles and the gift of faith. So how do you know if you're in a jam or in a situation or in a challenge, which one you should be channeling for? Praise God. You see, one of the, whether in all the night gifts of the Holy Ghost, we have said that in as much as we are all qualified, there is no Jew or Gentile in it. We are all qualified to be used of the Holy Spirit. But the rule of the tongue is, is as he wills. Now we've said there are some exceptions. Those who have been called to the fivefold office, because of their office, there are certain gifts that are attached that they will be operating regularly. So I want to answer that question from, first of all, from the individual Christian. The individual Christian who is not called particularly to any fivefold ministry, but is always making himself available to be used of the Spirit. Now, when a, a child of God, and that is why we are learning all these gifts of the Spirit, to, to know how they operate and so that we can deduce how to position ourselves uh, so that we can be used of the Spirit anytime the Spirit chooses to use a vessel. We are a ready vessel to be used of God. We have talked about us also presenting ourselves as a church, as a local body, how we need to hunger and thirst and uh, believe God for these manifestations because that's how the Holy Spirit comes. Holy Spirit operates in lives and in, in a body of believers that are actually hungry and wanting. If they don't want him, he's not going to force himself. He's not going to come. So, one of the reasons why we are doing these studies is to know how to position ourselves. So our first responsibility as an individual Christian is always to be able to position yourself as a child of God in the, in the, in the spiritual realm. To make sure that you are always at that covenant angle. For example, if I'm going to be used of God, let me use a prophet in the Old Testament. Who, now, this is somebody sitting in the office. He saw a king, and because he had issues with that king, he was so mad at the king that you would know, technically, he was not in a place to minister at all because anger took over. Now, after he was appeased, because there was one bad king and one good king. He even said it's because of the good king that he's even allowing that king to step near his place. But he was already furious and angry. You know that anger does not work the righteousness of God. Of course, immediately he couldn't minister. So he had to step back a little bit. 
to position himself to be in that place where he can minister. And what happened? He said, bring the ministerial. Let me get into the spirit. And as he was in the spirit, now he started prophesying. In 1 Kings chapter 3, you can read it there. He said, you will not see wind. You will not see rain. But surely, the valley shall be filled. It was through that he could operate in the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and bring out the message of the Lord for the time. But you see that when he was in the state of anger, he could not do anything. He could not let... Now, the same thing happened to somebody like um, uh, David. David was somebody that he just came back at a time in his life and his whole family was gone. His whole children was packed away. It's just like somebody who has been in a terrible loss. You just lost. I mean, the promises of God for your life did not say that you will suffer loss. And he was just, he found himself right in the middle of it. Not only him, all the people who are fighting the battles of the Lord with him. They lost everything they had. And these people, if you remember, they were rejects. They were nothing to be write home about. I mean, there was nothing to be wrote, written home about these ones. They were, they were people that uh, were dejected before. And, uh, and uh, it was a bad emotional period. I, I love the, what the Bible said there in First, in first Samuel chapter 30. He said, David wept till he did not have any power to weep. But that's not still a state to be used of God. He was too emotional. You are not in a position to receive of God. No. You have, emotion was ruling then. You must be of the spirit. That's why the Bible keeps on telling us to walk in the spirit, not to walk in the flesh. That was in the flesh. Even though it's emotional and all that, but he cannot receive anything of God at that time. And he did the same thing. He asked for the effort. Bring it. And as he was ministering to the Lord, took away the pain. He was just ministering to the Lord. He was just in the spirit. Praise God. Then God can move on him. And God told him, pursue, overtake. Without fail, we will not recover. The question we should ask God is, how did he know which direction to even take? He didn't know which direction. He said, pursue. Where are you pursuing to? But you see, when you are in the spirit, it's a different thing. He would just know. And where he was going to be stuck, God had put an automatic GPS on the road for him. And <laughs> one of the people fell sick, they left him behind. That was his GPS. And took him and right, right to the camp. And without faith, he recovered all according to the word of God. He had he received the word, he could pursue. And the word came to pass for him. Praise God. So, in answer to that question, even though I answered it from the Old Testament saints, we can go on to the New Testament. I will see it was when people were always in the spirit. It was when they were always in the spirit that the spirit can move on them. Being the spirit, it can move on you. He can move. So as he wills, because you have surrendered to the spirit, the spirit can move on you. Praise God. I hope we all got that principle. That's a very powerful question. To know how to, uh, how to just operate in the spirit. 
it's power gifts, whether it's power gifts that is going to come forth, whether it's um, whether it's vocal gifts, whether it's revelational gifts, you just be in the spirit. Let the spirit take control. Then the spirit will be able to move you in the direction that he wills. That he wills. That he wills. For example, Paul, Paul was in a state in his life. Uh, thank God I used that example today. Or uh, between him and Jesus facing storms. They both had people that were large to their destiny. But one, it was a different gift of the spirit that was operating in Jesus. Jesus was using the gift of working of miracles. And he calmed the storm. He told the storm. Praise God. In this situation, he told the storm. Storm, be quiet. And the, the storm hit full stop. Bam. Calm. And Paul, on the other hand, even though by revelation he was told that this was going to happen, but being in the spirit, the way the spirit led him was to have supernatural faith to weather through the storm. He could have said, oh, I saw Jesus do it before. This is the way to do it. No, no, no. That's why the Bible says don't compare yourself with yourself. Everybody's journey is different. Praise God. And what happened to Paul? Paul just trusted the Holy Spirit. And he had supernatural faith. When others have given up, he did not give up. He told them, he said, everybody on this ship, you are going to make it. <laughs> he said, the angel of the Lord stood by me. He told me. So I don't care how many parts this ship has broken into. All I know is I'm going to arrive where? At the seashore. Why? He said, God told me. He said, God told me. He said, God told me. And God gave me super. He looked stupid. Now, the people who wanted to fall out of the boat to swim to the shore, they were not stupid. They were good swimmers. But he warned them. He said, if any one of you should leave this boat, you will not make it. He said, if you love yourself, just stay with me here. And at the end of the day, what happened? They got down. Why? That's the way the Spirit chose to move. While, he gave, while Jesus Christ moved by walking of miracles, by the Spirit, with Paul, he chose him to do what? To weather by supernatural faith. They were both power gifts. But the way the Holy Spirit chose, you know, is as he wills. The way the Holy Spirit willed at that time was through the way it came out of Paul. And I know that Lord will bless you mightily. Oh, that's a very good question. Let's appreciate Jesus Christ. Wow, that question almost took all the time. Another question came in. Praise God. Yeah. Uh, well, there are two questions, but I think you can answer them together. Mark. It says, please give an example of when you were prompted to execute a miraculous act. How did it happen? That person likes stories. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second one was, how do you know if you are a vessel for the miraculous in certain in certain instances? Does it come as a nudge, a voice, or a heavy feeling? Now, how did you... Okay, okay. All right, let me, 
Okay. I want to take attention away from me. The person is asking me, but I will take the attention away from me. Let me use another servant of God. Uh, of course, many people have heard of Archbishop Benson Idaosa of blessed memory. A man who operated in very unusual dimensions of the spirit. Praise God. Sincerely, I believe strongly that God gave a gift to that continent. We are Archbishop Benson Idaosa, but I don't think we appreciated to a very large extent of the dimension of the spirit this person operated in. I remember there was a time in his lifetime where he was being he was going for a meeting in Europe but his, he missed his flight and they still waited in that meeting till he arrived but just because a man who God's hand was upon showed up this was, it was three days late to the meeting. Just for God to demonstrate that my servant is around. Three people jumped up the wheelchair. They just had his name. Demons had to leave before he got there. He was around. You understand what I'm saying? He got to the place and, and he was on his way into the meeting. Just because he's on his way. Some demons had to live that we can't wait for this guy to show up. That's the kind of dimension of mystery he was operating in. Now, to the question, is the same man I want to talk about. He went for a crusade that time, and there was a strong man in that village, so to speak. Of course, you would understand this is in Africa. It's not the Halloween witches, it's the real wizards that are there. And something happened. Uh, the man was posing to be a man of God. But he got his powers through strange ways. Although he's a white garment guy and everybody respected him and feared him in that video. Very similar, he was operating with familiar spirits. Very similar to the lady in the book of Acts that Paul had to cast out the spirit out of. Now, when he got there, he arranged a meeting like he normally does with all the people of God in that village to come together and say, look, I've come to work with you, not work against you. Let's put hands together and save as many souls. And they are going to your churches. I'm not starting a church here. So during the meeting, Everybody revered and feared this so-called prophet of God. Then, it also challenged him there and there that, no, he, he, didn't, even, he didn't even challenge him there. He, like he would do like a father, he would lay hands on people and he laid hands on him. And the man claimed that he, he felt something strange when he laid hands on him. That, so they had a confrontation. So, it also challenging that the spirit is operating with is not the spirit of God. But God is ready to deliver him today and other. Then he said, who is he? This and that, this and that, blah, blah, blah. They had a confrontation. It also just took a bottle of oil. There was only one exit place out of that place. 
He put it on the line. He said, cross this line. In seven days, we will know who is a man of God or who is not a man of God. Praise God. Day six, they carried him to his house. Day six. He said, no, he has come to fully repent. He's sorry. He said, now, what happened there is the gift of working of miracles. Praise God. When naturally he should have gone, but there was an intervention of God. So those are examples to show the supremacy of God in a, in a situation. Praise God. Now, the second question, let me quickly wrap that up. Second question is, how do you know if you are a vessel for the miraculous in certain circumstances? Does it come as a nudge, a voice, or a heavy feeling? It can come in any way. As, as the Spirit of God leads you, it can come as a nudge. Most of the time, it will come as a nudge. Most. It can come as a nudge. It can come just like how it came to uh, Apostle Paul. An angel appeared to him. It can be an appearance of an angel. It can be a voice. You can hear a voice. That this is what is going to happen. Son, this is what I want you to do. It can be a spur of the moment. It can be that you don't even have a clue. And God just used you on the spot. That's what I call on the spot manifestation. You didn't know. You didn't even hear the voice of God before you left home. You didn't have any clue. You just showed up and God showed up with you. On the spot manifestation. You didn't have a clue. You didn't know anything. God uses you there. Praise God. Uh, it's that moment and that time to pray. I'd like you to rise wherever you are in your living rooms, bedrooms. Let's just honor God by standing up in his presence. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your children. I thank you for each and every home and every household and every family. Thank you as a church family we come before you. Thank you because you are growing us. You are helping us to understand you more and more. Thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you have released unto us as a church and as a people. Thank you for building your people. Thank you because you are going to use your people mightily, even in the gifts of the Holy Ghost, as they hunger and thirst, and as they position and prepare themselves. And as a church family, as we cry unto you, you will pour out your spirit like never before. And there will be surely a manifestation of these gifts in our midst and in our lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, we commit royal house into your hands. It's a new day. We are soaring higher and higher, greater and greater, better and better. And Lord God of heavens, we commit Sunday to your hands. All over Niagara Peninsula, we say there will be new folks joining us, new families joining us, new people joining us. Lord God of heavens, and growing in the nature and in the character of God. Thank you, Father. We soak ourselves in the blood of the Lamb. No evil shall befall us. No plague will come near our dwelling place. And in the Lord will continue to grow. In the name of Jesus. Bless every home, every family, every child, every toddler, every teenager, every young adult, every young professional, every man, every woman, every senior citizen in the royal house. Let your hand rest upon us. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you the glory and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. 
just before we close, don't forget, we have been meeting every morning and evening for prayers. Morning on our telephone prayer lines and in the evening on Zoom. But tomorrow will be the last Zoom meeting. That is Saturday will be the last Zoom meeting in the evening. On Sunday morning, we'll wake up early again to pray on the prayer line. The line is right on the screen for you. Tune in to pray. 5.45 a.m. Then in the evening, you can tune in to the Royal House TV, the same place you are watching us right now. Or if it's on the app, you can watch on the app as well. And then we're going to be praying. We're going to be having an impartation service. And God is going to bless us in a tremendous way. Remember, Jesus is Lord. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services every Sunday live at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and our Bible study every Friday at 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.